How's it everybody and Merry Christmas. My name is Zach and let me tell you right now I am so honored to be here today. Um, a little bit of information about me, my wife, um, Danessa and I uh, co-lead um, a church called Elevate that we planted in our living room in 2015. And um, let me tell you something right, right now. We love your pastors. Pastor John and Renee are so awesome and you folks are so blessed to have them in your life. They love God with all their heart and I know that they love you and we love to hear the stories of what God is doing here at New Hope Community Church. And so it's my honor to be with you today and bring the message. And listen, if it's your very first time watching, let me, let me say this. You want to make sure and tune in next week because Pastor John loves to preach the word and he's such a great Bible teacher. And so you definitely want to want to uh, uh, see him. But um, to start off today um, at our church at Elevate, what we do is we ask a question every week. And it's just like a deep theological question uh, that you can discuss with someone that you're watching with. And so if you're on the couch with someone or um, maybe you're not watching with anyone this morning, so maybe you can um, uh, type it in the chat. But, but we're going to ask the question of the day. And here is the question. The question is, when is the last time you were at peace? When is the last time you were at peace? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to discuss that. Once again, type it in the chat if you want to, but let's take 30 seconds and discuss when was the last time you felt at peace? All right, bring it on back. So when is the last time you were at peace? That's really a good question. You know, this, this answer is going to be different for all of us. For some of us, it might be before COVID, you know, before the world went crazy. That was the last time I really felt at peace. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it was the last time you were on vacation, you know, thinking about sitting at the pool, you know, with a cold drink in your hand, just just, just, you know, being in that place, right? Maybe for some parents uh, that are watching right now, it's after you put the kids to bed and you can finally have a moment of peace and just sit down and watch your show. You know, speaking of that, I don't know if you're like me and I'm not old. I, I got a lot of gray hair, but I wouldn't consider myself old, but I've been falling asleep in the 10 p.m. news, like out. The other night, I started watching the news. The next thing I know, I wake up, it's 1.45 a.m. I'm like, my neck hurts because I, you know, my legs are cramping up because I had them up on the coffee table. I just, I don't know what's happening to me, but maybe for you, it's like that. But why am I asking this right now? Why, why are we talking about peace? Well, obviously it's Christmas season. And so today we're continuing in the Advent series and we're talking about, you guessed it, peace. Now, first of all, some of you might not know what Advent is. Maybe you've heard it before, but you're not really sure what that word means. Advent is the name for the 40 days leading up to Christmas Day, and it focuses on the expectation of Christ's birth. The word Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. And since the Middle Ages, it's been associated with Christ's birth and with Christmas. But here's the thing. It's more than just anticipation or waiting. It's also about the posture of our hearts. 
There was a pastor who lived in Germany during World, uh, World War II, and he put it like this. He said, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. Now, this pastor was eventually executed by the Nazis, and so he lived in a very tumultuous time, a very difficult time, but, but how many of us can, can say amen to his statement? How many of us would say that they are troubled in soul? How many of us would say that we're, we're poor and imperfect? You know, that's, that's me. How, how many of us would say that we're looking for something greater? So that brings us back to our topic for today, and that's peace. Everyone say peace. Okay. If I asked you to define peace, most would say it's the absence of war, and, and that's true. It is the absence of war, but in Advent, and more importantly in the Bible, it means a lot more than just that. In the Old Testament, the word for peace is this word, shalom. And you've probably heard this word before. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty popular word, but, but it means far more than just the absence of fighting. It's a noun that actually means to be complete or to be made whole. It's a really neat word. And in the Old Testament, shalom happens when something that is complex with many moving parts is in a state of completeness or wholeness. For instance, it could be like a brick wall. That wall would have shalom only if it's not missing any bricks or it doesn't have any cracks. In the book of Job, Job shalom looks like this. Job said, he said, you will know that your home is safe when you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. That word safe there is the word shalom. Job said he would have shalom if he looked at his sheep and his goats and his cattle and it was all there. In other words, you have shalom when your house is in order and nothing is gone. When is the last time that you couldn't remember where you put something? Like I said before, I don't think I'm old yet, but it feels like more and more lately, I'm like, why did I walk into this room? Or like, where did I put my whatever it is? Do you know that feeling? That, that anxiousness that you feel like you can't find something and you know you, you put it somewhere important, but you hid it from yourself? You, you guys know what I'm talking about. That feeling of like, Ugh, I just can't rest until I find that thing. That feeling of anxiety or stress, that is the opposite of shalom. And, and honestly, many of us are feeling this today. A lot of us have lost income and lost jobs because of the pandemic. Some of us have, have, have lost our plans, you know, the plans that we had to travel or do things with our family. Some of us have lost our goals or even our vision for the future. Some of us have even lost loved ones to this, to this disease that's going around. And many of us have lost hope. That would be an absence of Shalom. What about the feeling that you can't find something really important, like your wallet or your phone? Has this ever happened to, to you where you lost something like that, something really, really important? You know, my wife, Danessa, I call her my better three quarters because she really is way better than me. I'm not sure what I do, but, um, but this happened to her recently. She was running errands and she, had, she was at Salt in Kaka'ako and her wallet had fallen out of her purse in the parking lot at salt. And so she didn't realize it. She got in her car. She drove away to the next place and she shopped for a little bit and she went to pay, reached for her wallet in her bag and it wasn't there. 
you know that feeling. I'm getting like chicken skin right now even thinking about it. And if you've ever lost something important like your phone or your wallet or something like that, you know what I'm talking about. So she's like, oh my goodness, where's my wallet? And so she retraced her steps in the store and couldn't find it. And she's like, oh, maybe it's in the car. So she went back to the car and looked around the car and under the seat and in the glove box somehow and just trying to figure out where it was. And finally she called me with terror in her voice Zach, I lost my wallet. And she doesn't do this a lot, so for her, this was just like, ooh, and I was like, ooh, and we're all like, ooh, and maybe you know that feeling right now, that ooh feeling. That feeling is the opposite of shalom. Can you feel that with me right now? Well, thankfully, in Danessa's case, somebody saw her wallet, and maybe it was somebody that had lost their wallet before and knew the stressful feeling that it comes with, so they actually turned it in to the security at the parking lot at Salt. And so she's freaking out. She calls them. They say, are you Danessa? And she said, yes. So she drove there, and the security guard handed her wallet to her, and she opened it up, expecting to find everything missing, and guess what? Nothing was missing. That's shalom. Everybody go, ah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, that feeling of like, okay, whew. Now listen, in the Bible, shalom can also refer to your well-being. If you're familiar with the story of King David, when he was a boy, the Bible says that, that, that his brothers were on the battlefield, and David's dad, Jesse, sent him to check on his brothers. Here's what it says. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, One day Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers, and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along, and bring back a report on how they are doing. Another version of this uh, scripture says, look into the welfare of your brothers. That word welfare, or how they're getting along, is the word shalom. So my question for you is, how is your shalom? How complete do you feel? You know, wouldn't it be great if a friend of yours came over to your house this week with a basket of warm French bread and a, and a ton of cheese and just asked you, how is your shalom? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I guess it would be awesome unless you were on a diet and then they're messing with your shalom right there. But, but I want you to think about that question. How complete do you feel? Maybe ask your neighbor right now, whoever you're sitting with, how is your shalom? Well, here's another way to imagine it for you visual people. Imagine it kind of like Jenga. This represents your life, and life is complex. It's full of parts and pieces, and, and there's relationships and situations and finances and, and a lot of different things that make up this Jenga board, which is your life. And when, when any of these, you know, are out of alignment or missing, your shalom begins to break down. And the picture is it's no longer whole or complete. And if this, this continues, it gets more unstable and more unstable, and eventually, you know what happens. It falls down. Your shalom needs to be restored. Some of us, our lives are like this Jenga piece right here. It is a mess and that's how we feel. And that's okay because this is where it really gets interesting. Because in the Bible, shalom can also be used as a verb instead of just a noun. In the book of Exodus, God is giving the Israelites basic rules for living. And look at what it says in Exodus chapter 22. Check this out. It says, if someone steals an ox or a donkey or a sheep and it is found in the thief's possession, then the thief must pay double the value of the stolen animal. This word pay is the Hebrew word shalom. They have to bring shalom. Basically, the, the idea is if we wrong someone else, we're actually required to bring shalom to the situation. The, the thief must shalom those that they've hurt. Or the idea is to restore to wholeness or 
completeness. Are you getting the picture? It's so much more than the absence of conflict or fighting. Shalom is working for each other's benefit. It's restoring and making them whole again. And that's this full picture of this idea of shalom. It's just like in a marriage and, and, and maybe you're married, maybe you're not, but, but think about it like this. Maybe you and your spouse got in this big blowout fight and now you're not talking to to each other. You're, you're kind of giving each other the silent treatment, right? And so you're at the dinner table and no one's talking and people are kind of looking around like, Ooh, this is awkward. You've, you've been in this situation, right? That's not shalom. Just because you're not fighting doesn't mean you're working towards restoring the other person. Shalom is this idea of completeness and wholeness. So here's the main idea for the day. And here's the thing that if you're taking notes, you, you want to write down. The idea is this. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. Oh, that's really good. I'm going to read that again. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. So maybe you're thinking, okay, dude, I get it. It's bigger than just not fighting. Cool. What does that have to do with Advent or even Christmas? I'm so glad you, you asked. So uh, around 742 BC, more than seven centuries before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote this about him. This is in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, read this with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of, that's right, Prince of Shalom. That is Jesus. So come back to me. He is the one who was meant to restore all things, to make everything whole, to make everything complete. Remember, true peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. Jesus is the one to do that, to bring creation back into restoration. Remember what the angel said to, to, to the shepherds when they appeared? You know, the shepherds are out there and they're just minding their own business, watching the sheep, and the angels appeared and they started singing a song. Do you remember what, what they said? They said, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth. Shalom on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Jesus was announced as the arrival of peace on earth. He is shalom for you and I. The one who is meant to restore all things. The one who is going to make it all complete. To bring, to bring creation back to wholeness. Here's what the, uh, the Apostle Paul said. This is in Colossians chapter 1. He said, and, and through him, Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Okay, think about that. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. We can have shalom in everything. Listen, everything includes traffic. Imagine that. You can have shalom in traffic because of what Christ did, because he made peace with everything. Everything includes your job. Some of you need to hear that. You think you cannot have peace there because of these different people or because of these different situations. But here's the thing I'm here to tell you. You can have peace in everything, in heaven and on earth, because of Christ. You can have shalom at your job. Here's something I want to say. Everything also includes the people in your life. You can have shalom with people. That's what the Bible says, peace with everything in heaven on, um, and on earth. Point to someone and tell them, you're a people. You're a people. I'm a people, right? We can have shalom with people. 
You see, the Prince of Peace came to restore peace with everything in your life. Everything. And here's the amazing part. Jesus came not just to bring shalom with everything and everyone in your life. He came really most importantly to, so that we could have shalom, so that we could have peace with God. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5. He said, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we can have what? You guessed it. Peace with God. Shalom, completeness, wholeness with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, because we know that that relationship is the one that we mess up the most sometimes. We maybe try to live for Him and we try to live right, but we always do dumb stuff. I always, I talk way too much, just ask my wife, oh my goodness, I'm always hosing stuff up. But guess what? Because of what Jesus did and because of my faith, we can have shalom with God. Jesus made it all right. He restored all things to wholeness. He made all things complete even with how messed up you and I are. And I messed up too. I want you to think for a moment the last thing that you did. The thing that if, if you were to guess God's mad at you about, think about that thing, okay? Ooh, all right, everybody's going, ooh, right? Okay. Because of what Jesus did, He made that complete. He made that whole. He restored it to what it needed to be, that relationship with you and the Lord. And honestly, Jesus can take all those broken pieces, all those broken, scattered bricks in our lives, and He can restore it. That's just not what He does. That's actually who He is. Remember, He's the Prince of Shalom. He's the Prince of Peace. And this, this idea, this wasn't just said about Jesus. Look at what Jesus Himself said. This is in John chapter 14. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give as a gift, the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Listen, the Prince of Peace wants to give you a gift this Christmas. You thought it was just about giving your kids gifts or giving other people gifts or sending people gift cards or Amazon. You pick something, right? No, no, no. Jesus wants to bring you a gift for Christmas. The gift of peace. And not just peace in your mind and not just maybe peace in your heart, but peace in both. He wants to restore your mind and your heart. How many people need restoring? I, I, I'm raising my hand because I know I do. Who would love some peace right about now? Right? The Bible, the Bible says that this peace is the peace that passes all understanding. Peace that, that you shouldn't have. Peace that doesn't make any sense, but somehow you still have peace. That's the gift that God wants to give you. The shalom that restores your soul. That completeness can't come from anywhere but Jesus. And he says it. The world can't give this peace. You can search for it. You know, I know this is my first time speaking with you guys, and so I don't want to bore you to death, but I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church, and, and you know, when, when, when you work in a, in a restaurant and you're in the kitchen, you see how the, you know, local mocha is made. You're like, ooh, I don't, like, I don't want to eat. Don't eat there, right? And so you, you, you kind of build this perspective of what church is. And so, like a lot of pastor's kids, Kids, I, I, you know, got out of the house 18, 19, and I sort of went my own way. And honestly, for me, I decided I didn't like how the, you know, sausage was made or whatever. And so I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm going to go find hope somewhere else. I'm going to go find peace somewhere else. Well, guess what? I found what many of you have found. There's even less peace out there. There's even less shalom in the world. And what I found is I got myself, just like the prodigal son, I got myself in a bunch of messes and issues and I made more problems for myself and 
I, the, the Jenga tower of my life, I kept pulling pieces out and before I know it, it was crumbled and I was a mess. But by God's grace, the Prince of Peace gave me a gift and he accepted me back. And he, he brought me back into right relationship with him and re, he restored my mind and he restored my heart. And it truly is something that I couldn't find anywhere else. You see, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is Shalom. So as we get ready to wrap up today, we're right in the middle of this Advent season. I want you to remember this. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. True peace. It's not just the absence of fighting. It's about being complete again. So I want to pray for two different groups of people today. The first group, maybe for you, as I've talked about Shalom, you said, man, I need that. Like, I, I, I need that desperately, especially right now. I need that. Maybe for you, your family isn't whole. Maybe there are people that have left. Maybe there's issues be- because of whatever. You know, somebody brought up something at the Thanksgiving table and somebody stomped off. You, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your family isn't complete. Maybe for you, your life is out of whack. It's all hamajang. It's all bust. There's, there's, there's issues that you have and you would say, honestly, Pastor Zach, that's me. I'm that mess of Jenga bricks all, all over the floor and I haven't been able to rest recently. Maybe you, you need the Prince of Peace to come into your heart. Maybe, maybe for some of you, this is the very first time that you're going, yeah, that's me. I need that shalom in my life. Maybe for some of you, it's the hundredth time that you're, you're saying, God, I need you. Can can we take a moment to, today, this morning, at the beginning of, of December, and can we invite him in? Let's pray. Would you repeat after me? Lord Jesus, I admit my life is a mess. I need your shalom. God, would you come into my life? Would you be the prince of peace that I need? Would you help restore my soul. God, if you'll do that, I'll make you Lord of my life. I need you today in Jesus' name. I want you to know that if you said that prayer, that God is doing something on the inside of you. I would encourage you to reach out to Pastor John or Pastor Renee or somebody here at New Hope Community Church so that they can, they can help you along the process because shalom happens when we're made complete. And for most of us, that's not going to happen until we find the church community that we're supposed to be a part of. Please do us a favor, raise your hand, type it in the chat so that, so that these guys here at New Hope Community Church can, can reach out to you. But there's another group, group of people I want to pray for today. The second group, maybe you're watching and, and you're not at peace with some situation in your life. Maybe Jesus is the Lord of your life and you've been serving him for, for years, but there just isn't, shal- isn't shalom. If I could be honest with you right now, that's that's me. I, there's some things in my life, some frustrations, some issues, even things that I felt like I've been praying for and praying for, and God hasn't restored it yet. Maybe that's you in this place, and, and He is the Lord of your life, but you don't feel like you have the shalom that I've talked about today. Maybe it's time to bring shalom into a broken relationship. Maybe it's time to bring shalom into finances. Maybe it's time for shalom to be a verb for you in your life. Maybe it's time for God to restore a broken dream or goal. 
I don't know where you find yourself to today, but if you're in need of that shalom, just like I am, I want to pray for you right now. You don't have to repeat after me, but, but I want you to, to, to pray this along with me. Make this the prayer of your heart. God, right now, I know that you're real. I know that you're true, God, and I know that you are with us. In fact, Jesus, that's the promise that you made that you would never leave us or forsake us. Lord, you are here, and we acknowledge that. Lord, it says in your word that if, that if we'll acknowledge you, that you will make our path straight, Lord. And I pray for each of us that are watching right now, God, those that need your shalom, those that are desperate for your peace, those that are desperate that you would restore a certain situation or relationship or dream or goal, whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray for each one of those right now, God, that you would lead us straight into shalom. We acknowledge that we can't do it. Maybe we've tried to fix it ourselves. But God, I pray right now that you would lead us into your shalom. Jesus, be who you said you are to every person that's watching. Be the Prince of Peace. God, would you be shalom to us? Bring restoration to those areas and those issues in our lives. We are desperate for it. God, I know I am. In Jesus' name. There's one more group of people I want to talk to before we wrap up. Maybe for some of us, you've been walking in this shalom and you're going, man, Pastor Zach, I feel that. Like, I'm living that. That's my life right now. I'm just, I, I, I feel God's peace all the time and your life is restored and it's complete. But here's the thing I want to tell you right now. Now it's your time to share that shalom with others. In the book of Romans chapter 14, it says, So then we must always aim at those things that help bring peace, that help bring shalom, and that help strengthen one another. If you've been, at, been on Facebook at any time over the last two years, you know there's not a whole lot of shalom on social media. There's just not. Maybe for you it's time that you aim at peace and you begin to, to, to work towards that, to strengthen one another. There are people in your life that don't have any peace that need to hear the message of Jesus over this season. They've lost their, sh their shalom. They're far from God and they need the gift that Jesus has given you. Jesus said, freely you've received, now freely give it to others. Family, listen, Christmas Eve is a time where people will come to church. They've, they've kind of been, been, been culturalized for that and all they're waiting for is someone to invite them. Would you spread that shalom today? Would you make an effort? Would you make a choice? Someone in your life is just waiting for you to invite them to church, to share a link, to say, would you join me at Christmas Eve service? Would you offer that gift to others? Would you do it today? We ask this question at Elevate every week. What is God speaking to me? What is he saying to you? What is he asking you to do? I want you to take a moment and write something down on a note. Maybe you have your phone and you can make a note. I feel like God is saying this. I feel like he's asking me to do this. Would you take a moment, answer this question. What is God speaking to me? Thank you so much for allowing me to join you today. We love you and Merry Christmas.